This is the Cosmic Voice. And welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 5, Episode 9. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. What up, everybody? And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris, how are you, sir? Doing awesome, Mick. How about yourself? I am excellent. I am always excellent. What's going on with you, man? Anything new? No, man, nothing at all. Just, uh, you know, new year, new me. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if that's the truth, but uh, I know nothing, brother. As yourself, you know, gearing up for the new year in terms of shows and getting things ready for the new year, man. Some new music, some shows, a little bit of touring here and there. So, yeah, man, hopefully 2023 is going to be a, a stellar year. Yeah, that's busy, what I'm, I'm busy, busy, anyway. busy, 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 man. That's a good thing for an artist. You don't want to be idle. Because if you're idle, you're falling behind on the times, and you're not honing your craft. Right. right? So you want to kind of keep the irons in the fire. I like several irons in the fire, if possible. It keeps me balanced. It keeps me focused. And like I said, it keeps me in the game, and I'm honing stuff. Because not everything's going to be hit out of the park, but then you stumble upon something. You're like, oh, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then you yeah. go that. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to throw a couple balls until you get that one that's really right over the plate. <laughs> Strike! <laughs> that's about as sound effects as we could get. As the show <laughs> continues on in the season, they seem to be pulling money from our budget. So we have no sound effects this season. Yeah, man. You know, I'm also putting together. I, I just got done doing my... I don't even know why I do it. I do it mostly for me. I put my um, best of 2022 list together. You know, some of my favorite records and uh, that came out over the year. I don't know why I do it. I just do it for myself, I think. And so, you know, I was pretty excited about that. David Lee kind of made a lot of the, the top ones because he put out a lot of singles during the year. So, you know, if, if David Lee puts it out, I'm, I'm pretty much in. He didn't put a full length out, but he put a lot of singles out. So he made a couple of my singles list. I would like to see him not live off of rehashing Van Halen songs. I know he wrote them, was part of them, you know, the whole thing. But I would like to see what he would be doing right now. Like those acoustic versions that he's doing. I think it's a cool idea. But I'd like to see some more of where he is now as an artist and a writer. You mean the uh, the acoustic originals that he did? Because well, no, he, he, put out, he put out a couple originals. Giddy Up, I think... Uh, pointing at the moon and then uh, nothing could stop us then or something like that was but, was but are they weren't they stuff that was written a while ago 
No, well, yeah, a lot, yeah, because the song uh, that he put out, nothing could have stopped us then. I think it was called or something like that. He wrote with John Five apparently a number of years ago, and then he released it like the day after Eddie Van Halen passed away. Right. Yeah. Pro- yeah. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Probably. Probably. They probably were written uh, years ago during COVID. I remember seeing an interview. I don't know. He was on like the C- one of the CBS shows, he, looking like the Doctor from Lost in Space. He was an artist. Like, you know, and he had yeah. the whole garb on and his hair was yep. crazy and and, yep. and that's what he was doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, he starts releasing all these other songs. And again, he's a musician, artist, songwriter. I get that. But I just like to see, I don't know, maybe I'm missing the point, but I want to see where he is right now with new writing on his own, not Van Halen related in any yeah, way. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's weird, man. Like, I really think, and this just could be me. Like, I saw him not long ago. Well, not long ago. I guess it's probably been at least a year now that he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. You know, he was missing a tooth because he fell off his bike. I know he had um, toe surgery, I guess, pretty recently. Um, he has, like, arthritis, obviously, in his feet from jumping all those years. I really think, and, and God, I hope not, but I really think there's something health-wise that's going on because, you know, he had all those Vegas residencies were sold out. And he's canceled every one. Like, he canceled the one because of COVID. And he's rescheduled, like, two or, I think, two other times. But he keeps canceling them. And I don't know why. And they're sold out, so it's not numbers. So I'm wondering. And I feel like he's getting very reflective, you know, in his older age. Which is, you know, especially with the death of Eddie Van Halen. I mean, that could be very well possible. That's kind of stuff that happens. But I think there's a health thing that's going on that that we're not really aware of. And, again, it's not our business. But... I, like, I don't know. For some reason, it's just really weird that he would cancel all these Vegas shows and not really. There's no reason. I mean, well, obviously, there's a reason why, but I don't. It wouldn't be money, right? It wouldn't because he sold out every one. And I mean, they added two dates. So something's going on where, or maybe he just feels like he can't do it live. I don't know. I, it's just weird to me. He hasn't been doing any interviews, right? Like, I haven't no, seen he, it. Yeah. No. He, so he's been. He very rarely does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. for a point. Yes. Kind of, so it's yeah. kind of like a guessing game. I know there was that thing last year or early last year or the end of the year before he, he was kind of hinting towards retirement. Yes. And then it changed, you know, and that was kind of the last thing I really remember coming out. That was the Vegas shows. Yeah. The Vegas shows right. were going to be his so. retirement. Yeah. And he never, he never fulfilled them. But anyway. But, you know, yeah, so yeah, like you said, I don't think he's, he doesn't have to do anything for the money at this point. No. But I would like to see where he would be at as an artist. And, you know, I could see him doing this whole adult contemporary thing, whatever that actually is. I like the acoustic idea and yeah. him going back to some of that crooner type thing. Yeah, yeah. And start working more in his vocal wheelhouse where he is today. How, yeah. how old is he? He would be... Oh, God, dude. He's got to be late 70s. Is that what awesome. he is? Yeah? Okay. I would, I would think so, brother. I mean, I, you know, he, yeah, he would. Oh, let me see. I mean, he's I, the stuff that he has done lately. He sounds great. Uh, I mean, at least to me, you know, from what I, oh, he's, oh, I'm sorry, he's 68. Okay, 68. Yeah, listen, that's 68. Okay. That's not a spring yeah. chicken, but you know, no, the no, last, no. the last few times that I had seen him, he still looked like he was in good shape. Yeah, uh, very active. You know. I hope it's nothing serious. I, maybe it's just... Yeah, I do too. Maybe he's just too. still dealing with, you know, like I said, losing a friend, fellow artist, you know, someone who he built a career with. That, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I can understand it. I do. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're trying to find your... Because you've always been related to... Like, you can't say one without the other. And it's still right. like that. Right. But that other yeah. isn't there anymore. So where does that yeah. leave you? You know, 
So, yeah. and I understand and I think I appreciate how he's honoring the band by redoing some of these songs. Like they said, it doesn't seem like there's <clears throat> going to be any new Van Halen material coming one way or the other. I know they've been talking about putting a, a tribute show together, but no, there's been so I mean, much. That'll never happen. It's, yeah, it's all crazy stuff. You could, you know, go see Sammy Hagar and maybe he does some of his stuff. Yeah. But yeah. you're never going to get that complete package again. So no, the next best thing is, is you use the voice of the original Van Halen and he gives you something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I also, th- I, I believe, if I'm, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the the versions of the Van Halen songs that are coming out now are the versions that he was doing in or expected to do in his Vegas show. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's the same band. And I think, you know, he does have a, a Roth show podcast i guess you can call it in one of them pretty recently i think episode two or three he talks about the way they recorded it from what i understood that those versions that he's putting out are the way that they did them live or well, the okay. way they expected to do them live because i think he only ended up doing one or two shows yeah and then and then covid shut it down but um yeah man me too you know i'm a roth fan i i, I understand he's you know he's a little odd and you know, you never know how much that shtick or that shtick has now just become part of his real life because right. he's been doing it for so long. Yeah, man. Like anytime Dave Lee's name's on it, like I'm, I'm in just because you know I, I take on it. But yeah, so that's it. So he made uh, he made a couple of lists of mine. That's cool. Top you, real, real quick, do you remember? I mean, this was years ago when he was on the Phil. Like I don't know, he was syndicated on radio and Philly had oh, him. Absolutely, he, I loved it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, too, and unfortunately, it didn't last very long. I don't know if it if the show overall didn't last long or it didn't last long in the Philadelphia market. I don't know which one, or did the, it just station, end, kind of like the, the Chevy stations, show? The stations got rid of him. They fired him. They, I think he was too much, you know, obviously, you're filling in for Howard Stern, right? So, or you're, you're taking that spot. So I feel that he's a little more odd, you know, to take up a spot. For, you know all these years of Howard Stern then you got David Lee Roth and his ramblings and his music and all that stuff and for like Roth for Roth like super Roth fans it was great but I think for people for your average morning drive people I don't I don't think it was working so no the station ended up firing him after you know so long they wanted him to change this and change that and he was like no and then it just ended it just ended okay yeah 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 mm, interesting yeah, yeah but I, I loved it I totally enjoyed it if for some reason, I only remember being a handful of weeks. Like a, yeah, I, it wasn't on weeks. very long. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. yeah it was was not on long at all. Yeah, I did enjoy it. It was kind of interesting to have someone that you, that you listen to. and Like, you know, Stern was Stern, right? He, you always yeah, heard yeah. him on the radio. But here yeah. was somebody that you were you would hear on the radio, other radio stations singing, oh, yeah. watch videos with, <laughs> yep, right, went to yep. concerts, things like that. It was definitely an interesting piece. I wonder if, well, I don't know about today, but... But then today, no one does that route. They go, like you said, they go podcast or what we're doing, yeah, I mean, or right, or some YouTube channel. You know, everybody, right. everybody at one point had YouTube channels. So that's and that's what Roth. That's what he's doing now. It's his the Roth show is a YouTube channel. Oh, okay, all right, very good, very good. It's the Rust the Boss. Take it down. This is Stephen Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. All right, well, let's get into the topic for yes. this evening, and that is bands helping bands. All right, well, thank you for tuning in to this episode. <laughs> How do bands help bands? Do everything. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. The, the show should be how bands screw other bands. There, we could probably get a two-parter, but... Anyway, so bands helping bands. What do you think, buddy? How how would that be? I guess this would be a perfect world, if so. But let's let's see what you got. You're the pro. You know, this is going to be the obvious, at least to me. I think it's the obvious. I think that bands helping other bands is just to put your egos aside and just promote bands. Like, if you're going to promote your show... Mention the other bands. I know I try to, you know, anytime I was playing, you know, I try to tag all the other bands. That may be simple things, but, uh, you know, every every little bit helps, man. You know, you, you, so you tag the band, you know, that you're playing with and or you trade shows. You know, if a band gets you a show or, you know, if someone affiliated with a band gets you a show, then you then you get that band a show down your way or up their way or, you know what I mean? Like, especially if there's a lot of distance between you. You trade shows. I mean, you know, that's how this scene survives, man. And I know it sounds simple, but for the people that maybe that maybe listen that aren't in bands, it's such a hard thing in the scene right now. And it's always been like this. Like, you know, there there is a thing where bands only, I don't want to say help themselves, but only stick to their own. And that doesn't help the scene. Like, I, you know, you try to help other bands, whether it be, you know, sharing their cd or sharing their video if they have one and and, and uh, again like you know if you have a show together you tag the bands and uh, you tag all the bands on the bill if you can now unless it's a festival then obviously it's hard but uh you know you, you do what you can you know and i'm just going by the social media part of it i mean there's you know, so many other things at shows to do or you know outside of that but right now i'm just talking about the social media stuff and just little things everything helps and, and trading shows is definitely one thing that um, i've always believed in doing <clears throat> you know you help a band out and the band hopefully will help you out or you know you you know you do a little tour together or whatever and then uh you know just so simple things that it's not hard to do at all i agree i would suggest that you would go into doing such things you're a band you're an artist to do this to help out other bands and artists without the expectation of getting anything in return. Because if you're doing yeah, it specifically to get a return, you're setting <clears throat> yourself up for heartache. Yeah, I think that, that you do it because you want to do it. If it's a genre of music you like or you like the band, then you do it. If you're doing it just to do it, it's not sustainable. It's just like right, writing right. music that's out of your wheelhouse. Not to say that you shouldn't try it or do it or experiment with it, but sooner or later you have to come back to what's true to you and it works better. And sometimes coming back and then going back out again, you find that you've taken on new channels of creativity. Anyway, that would be my first point. Just do it as you see fit to do it but don't expect anything in return right just right. let it go right and if it comes yeah. back it's a positive okay yeah yeah yep i also don't suggest That's just true. doing it randomly hey check out this man hey go do this hey do this you know whatever because you're sending a message that you may be all over the place too and it may again like it throws people off if that makes sense like you don't want to be sending your audience that you're building in your own brand to 150 different places if you're not quite sure yourself right it's like hey use this product 
and you're just hoping that the product sees that and then endorses you and you don't even support it. Oh, I see. Yeah, you know see. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And this no, way, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be sending <clears throat> your audience to places that aren't worth their time. Because if your audience says, hey, man, Chris Natalini recommended such, such, man, this is awesome. This is great. And that goes right. back. And there now is the grassroots thing that you're trying to do because you feel strongly enough about it to share it with your audience and your audience is appreciative of that. Again, yes. that's why products and sponsors and stuff will gravitate or latch on to certain artists or personalities because they want a piece of that audience because they know there's such a connection. Hey, if George Clooney's using these shoes, I should use them type right. of thing, right? Right. Hey, if Chris Natalini is using... You know this beer product. That's what I need to. You know that's something. <laughs> I think listen, the, and that's you know, well, I, real quick. That's something you should explore. But that makes <laughs> I think also too. You know, and as I get older, and as our time changes, and I mean time is in the times as times change. I'm also very. How do I say this? Because I don't want it to come off like that. I'm this all-knowing being, but. I'm very picky and choosy about what I help promote because you don't want to promote something that could damage what you've built. Right. You know, in terms of, you know, if I'm going to promote somebody, I make sure that they're not offending anybody. You know, they're not and you know, they don't post political stuff, you know, stuff that could damage, especially nowadays, stuff that could damage you, you know, because we're in an age where if, Unfortunately, if people don't grieve politically, you know, you lose that, right? Big name bands can do it, but guess what? I am sure guys like Paul Stanley, he don't care, but I'm sure that he's turned people off through the years by his, you know, his political views, whether it be right or wrong, it's not for me to say. So I am very choosy about who I help promote, even shows like, you know, if I promote a show, a friend's show or someone that's putting a show together, if there's a band on a show, I'm very choosy about those bands that, not choosy, I'm careful about the bands that I do support because I don't want to be affiliated with something that could be offensive to somebody or have a, uh, an opinion that, you know, could be really damaging. You know, I mean, obviously we all have different opinions and we should be able to have those different opinions. But there are some opinions, whether maybe it comes to racism or, you know, hate, I don't really want to be affiliated with. So, you know, I try to be careful about who and what I promote on my end, because I, I definitely don't want to offend anybody for sure. Yeah, listen, it's a level of investment, right? And you're not going to invest in something that's not going to have a positive return. Now, again, given the state of the world and Wall Street and just stuff, you know, using that in the real world, you're, you're always taking a chance. But you right. want to go in as educated, do your due diligence yes. sort of thing. Yes. And it's the yes. same thing as an artist because your brand is your business. So if right. you're promoting other bands that are spewing out these type of sentiments, it may not affect them, but your audience now looks at you differently. Yeah. And exactly. there's always that exactly. percentage yep. of that audience that will go, oh, you know what, that kind of... How many times have you, me, experienced something, you've seen something your favorite artist do or something, oh, that's a side I've never seen, and that kind of puts you off. And there's a lot of, 100%. lot of guys that I I was, you know, hardcore followers with. And during the 2020 episode and what followed, a lot of people were so jazzed up in one way or another that 
they were saying things that maybe they really meant or they weren't sure they meant or <laughs> yeah. you know they, yeah, were, they were just provoking <clears throat> and I was put off by some of these people I mean I'm talking after 30 years or more of being a follower I was like no I, that just like what you said there is beyond anything that's happening you just like the human decency just went out the window yeah you know and I don't care how good you are or whatever the guy that bought Twitter Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really follow. I hear through the grapevine, yeah. but I don't like, but people will listen to him because he's got billions of dollars, not because yeah. he's intelligent or he's saying smart things. I mean, maybe out of every 10 things, something smart comes out. Right. Or something right. remotely smart comes out. But if yeah. you've got billions of dollars, people are perking up because yeah. they, they want to be there when the hands come out type of right. thing. I don't follow that mentality. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter how good you are. If there's something that just doesn't strike me, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't. You know. So sometimes it could be obscure that you're promoting, and not everybody's going to get. But if you feel strongly about it, like you like it, then tell us why you you write that. Yeah. This, hey, this is a really cool band. They got some haunting melodies, and you know the lyrics are really engaging. Like they definitely tell a story, and and you're brought in. Okay. Going back to what I was saying, if you're just randomly picking things because this is the cool thing to do, this is the Vogue thing to do, people keep telling me this is the best way to support the scene is just share other bands. Well, that's not the case, man. Because, you know, some of these booking companies, they force that sometimes if you're on a bill. They're hammering it down your throat. And they're putting these shows together with all these different bands. It just doesn't make sense. And you're like, well, that's oh, not, you know, like, yeah, that, but that band there, and then you got this, and then, and then sometimes there's some nastiness going on just with the booking company, yeah. like the way they present. Yeah. If you if you go through their stuff, maybe maybe you should have did your due diligence and not set up with that company to begin with. But hey, listen, sometimes that happens. Listen, yeah. a lot of people in the music business, we've said this before, you know, they were fry cooks six months ago, and now they're label owners today. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? That's been a, you know, we go from one to another or, and I'm not saying there's not quality people because there are quality people, but there's also a lot of fly-by-nighters that look at this as an easy yeah. thing yeah. to do because there's always bands willing to pay for something or do something. Yep. Thank God for COVID in the sense that a lot of those places were wiped out because they weren't sustainable. Yeah. Right. Yep. Because as yeah. the bands and venues shut down, they had no feeding ground. Yeah. So a lot of those organizations, or I'm, you know, I'm not trying to put a human characteristic on them by saying guys and girls or whatever, but a lot of those agencies or businesses have disappeared because yeah. you know the piranhas didn't have anything to feast on but each other, and then they're gone. So yep. what's emerged now, and you can see it is a lot of strong companies and they're trying to keep the scene alive and they're trying to keep the bands working the best that they can. There's a lot of new rules and regulations about how bands can do things because everybody's not trying to, you know, they want to avoid losing their shirt even more. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Dr. David Banner, he must have spent a small fortune on shirts. Because <laughs> he was losing one, maybe two a day. Depends on how angry he was. Yes, yeah, depends on how angry he was. Poor Bill Bixby.
there's definitely something to be said, like what you were saying about just randomly doing it. Like you have to have some kind of, and I think we talked about this in an early episode, it might've been about labels, it might even be about studio. Like you just have to do your homework and you just can't throw bands to the wall and, and you know, hope that something comes out of it. Like you have, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know what I mean? Do your due diligence and, uh, and work it out and make sure that, you know, everybody is on the same page as you and do it because you want to do it, not because you feel that, you want to be the cool kid in class or you want to be, you know, you want to do it because you want to support the scene because you love the scene and, and you love whatever band you're helping promote. Like, don't do it because you want that attention. Right. Because like, like it makes said, it, you know, it's not how it's going to survive. You want to do it and be honest about it. You know, there have been many times where bands have reached out to me and I've gotten them great shows because of people that I've worked with in the past. And to me, you know, that's just what that's just what I believe in passing the torch. Right. Like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of younger, great bands out there and I want them to be able to have the opportunities that I had and live that dream and, and do those things that I was able to do because I know how awesome it is. And, you know, and I'm still doing it, but there's nothing wrong. I mean, hell, look what we're doing today. We have this podcast to show people and to teach people the inside workings of the business. And and so they don't make the same mistakes as us or learn from us or realize that the mistakes that they've made is, is normal. It's not just, you know, oh, you know, I don't know what I'm doing because we all don't know what, our, what we're doing. You know, we all learned by doing it. And I think that doing it that way, guys like us who can um, – show the way i think it only helps the scene even better i mean that's why we're doing this and you know promoting other bands and listen and i'm going to say it supporting those other bands going to shows i I, again i know how silly that sounds but you know when you're at a show and there's you know try to stay for the whole thing i mean you you just i mean that's just the best way bands always say it stick around for the next band and then you know that that band doesn't stick around just try to stay i mean listen you're there right i mean unless you have you know young kids or I mean, they're obviously everybody is their own situation, but you're already out. And if you can, you might as well stay there and you might as well just have a good time and watch the other bands and, you know, give them a crowd to play in front of, especially if you're an older veteran like Mick and I. And, um, you know, we get to watch these younger bands and, uh, you know, it's always cool when I, I remember what it was being young and have an old veteran band come up to me and be like, man, you guys are really awesome. And, and uh, you know, anything I could do to help would be amazing. I mean, that's where I got a lot of my thought process by other bands helping me as I was younger. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Okay, listen, sharing on social media, you know, that's kind of understandable. You have to pick and choose how you want to do that, right? Doesn't mean you have to do it. Like, if just because you don't do it doesn't mean that you don't support other bands. But what I think goes even further, like bands supporting bands. Like you said, behind-the-scenes stuff is, I think, the catalyst to keeping the machine well-oiled and running. Somebody is looking for shows and they contact me, I give them a couple names. With a little work, they could find stuff too, but you contact somebody to shorten up that six degrees of separation, right? It makes it real easy, right? Or if you can't do a show and the booker asks you, could you suggest anybody else? You throw a couple names out there. That's it. And that in itself is a huge deal. Chris and I were having dinner the other night and we were joking about it, but at the same time we were being serious but having fun with it too. The both of us have helped bands and particular artists get local shows and those people have moved on to bigger and better things. (laughs) 
like way bigger and better things, and we're still booking those same shows. So, That's so true. So something we're doing is working for everybody else, maybe not for us, but it definitely is helping other people. I remember Chris contact. Hey, can you help my buddy? Do- He's contacted me, and I and I said to him, I go, "Well, you book shows. What are you asking me for?" He says, "Well, yeah, but I think you could do a better job." And I was like, "Okay." So we're doing, and we're going back and forth, and and that stuff comes back to you in a positive way because you're just it's just working with other people. It's like it's behind the scenes networking. You don't have to put a giant post. Hey, guess what I did? You'll see a lot of that stuff. Hey, guess yeah, what I did? Yeah, guess and what that, I did? And yeah. that's not. Yeah. The military calls guys that keep a low profile a silent professional. And usually right. that's the guy they bring in to take out Osama bin Laden. Yeah. A silent professional, yep. right? Yeah. So maybe be a silent professional. The other thing is, is when a band invites you to play on a bill, be there on time. Be there prepared. If someone's supporting a back line, don't give them a hard time. Well, that's not my kit. Oh, I, I, I have a, I've heard this. I got a special voltage set up on my head into my cabinet that, you know, I, I just don't like the mess. Dude, just plug and play, right? Come on. That's about the biggest BS I've ever heard. Everybody wants yeah. to, they, you know what I mean? Hey, anybody that ever said, hey, we're backlining. <sighs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Bring yep. your breakables. Got it. Got it. It's yep. less I got to carry. Thank less, you so yep. much. And I am so grateful. I'm not yep. the drummer. And I always go over to the drummer and go, thank you very much for letting us use your kit. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. 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 I mean, because I, I really do. Yep. Any show that we put together, like that we build from the ground up, we always backline. It's the least we can do for the bands. Right. We're making a simple changeover. I know what it's like to carry stuff up two flights of steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And back down. And for some reason, the stage keeps getting higher and, and we got to keep carrying stuff. <laughs> you would think that we'd have to carry them back down. But for some reason, to get back to the car, we're still carrying them up steps. I don't know. It's just weird. Like so and like Chris was saying, when you're at the show, stay for the other bands. We watch yeah. all the bands. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes Definitely. you feel like you're the heel because it's like, well, where's everybody else? I watched yeah. you. You're not around for me. Yeah. I watch yeah. all the bands, every band. I mean, because, again, we're all sharing the same bill. Look around, guys. It's not yeah. like we're, you know, we're packing Madison Square Garden. Yep. I mean, yeah. how many times have that. you done shows where the audience is the bands? Yeah. And then everybody many. makes it. Oh, I got to go to work tomorrow morning. Oh, I got to. I got this. I got. Listen, then don't book the show. Right. If you got excuses why you can't stay or you can't do this time slot, you shouldn't be doing the show. Do those situations arise? Absolutely. Do they arise? Have I been in that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they're far and few between. It's not every show. It's like, dude, either don't be in a band or don't schedule shows when you have your child that weekend or you're getting your hair cut the next day. You got to work at 2 a.m. You know, this, that, and the other thing. It just does none of... Sometimes the excuses that bands make to get what they think they want or should have or deserve just don't make sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that's the issue then that bookers and venues have about why they don't like working with bands. And then yep. why these... These rules and regulations that are sometimes just like, are you kidding me, are put into place because there are bands that are taking advantage of the situation. 
then it's a bitch fest on both sides. Well, you know, we never get our due, and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, well, then, you know, this, that. It's just a circle, a vicious circle, that just never gets resolved and only gets worse. Yeah, so, it's true. To me, you want to be the silent professional? Show up on time. I've been on yeah. shows where we were told you're using the backline. Yeah. People are still bringing in stuff. And then it's a yeah. big to-do. Or you're told, here's what's there. You need to bring this. And then there's guys that don't bring drumsticks. Yeah. You were told to bring breakables. And then you come in and go, well, I got my cymbals out in the car and my stands. Do I need them? Well, what were you told? Well, I was told to bring them. And you brought them, yes? Yes. Well, you need to go get them. And then they're angry at you. I just, I had this at an outdoor weekend festival we did last summer. And the guy, he was so angry that he had to walk all the way back. And it was pretty far. But whose fault is that? He's effing and screaming and hollering like it was our fault. Wait, I said, what were you told? Well, we were told to bring our stuff. Did you bring it? Yeah. Then why didn't you bring it over here now when you walked? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So it doesn't make sense. Like, as simple as that, that's bands supporting bands. We're all in the same boat. That's it, Because if we weren't, we'd be on tour with Def Leppard and Motley Crue. (laughs) Right? Right. All right? So I've always said this for years, and I said this to my mentor years ago, and he got a kick out of it, because he used to teach a class, believe it or not, he used to teach a class based around the Anvil movie. Oh. I've opened for Anvil. I met the guys, and, you know, and he's telling me about it, and I go... We're all Anvil. And he goes, what? I go, we're all Anvil. And he starts laughing. He goes, oh, my God, you're right. I go, if, if you've ever been in a metal band, we are all Anvil. That's right. That's right. right. 100%. So that's the point. We're all in the same boat. We may not be going the same way, but some of us are paddling faster than others or harder than others. Some of us aren't at all. Really, you know, this is a terrible way to put it, but there may be some truth in it. In the scene, in what we do, the strong are the only ones that survive. And by that, I mean you're strong in your convictions, in your dedication, in your commitment to what it is you're doing. Not that you're trying to nickel and dime, ride the coattails. And again, there are people that have done it and done well at it, but they're small. Yeah. It's a small yeah. in-between thing. But it's the guys that are like, listen, they, like I said before, they may have never, ever achieved the Metallica status, or Motley Crue, Def Leppard, whoever, but they're still doing it. And that says a lot. That's the strong will survive. How many bands disappear yearly? Yeah. Right? COVID just took the sword and went, Yeah, Yeah. cut everybody out. Cut everybody out. And the ones that were true to what they were doing, they were committed, they're still here. Yeah. Yeah, did they have to rebuild too? Yeah, it's like any good football team. Yep. Sometimes you, you got a couple good years, and then things change. You got a rebuilding, but the team is still there. And yeah. that's the difference. And I think that's bands helping bands. We both talked about this, and you've talked about it a lot. It's that the mentality today is bands don't even associate with one another, even at the shows. And I, I've nope. experienced this. Because there is an, an age difference with some. There's a... Even within the genre, there's a difference in genre style. Yeah, that bands like, yeah. like there's this elitism. Oh well, you're you know you're doing this old school stuff. It's you know it's not really metal. Or older guys are like, man, it's just I don't want to hear that crap. You know yeah. what I mean? Or something. Yeah. You know, and you'll get this. And 
that's already that divider is starting. That's not bands helping bands. Because no. when the audience sees that bands aren't associating, they figure, well, why should I listen? I've, right. I've experienced that hands on. And it's terrible. Years ago, when we were young in the 80s, bands did connect with each other and they shared audiences. I interviewed Joey Belladonna and he talked about those early days with other bands. And I talked to him, I says, was there a every man for himself type of attitude? Were you guys aware? He goes, no, it was never like that. He goes, we just wanted to play with everybody. And everybody yeah. was friends. We hung out before, during and after. And it was the same audience. And you don't get that today. Now, people are going to say, well, the music is so chopped up in the different genres, subgenres, and all this. And people got, all right, maybe. But you can't tell me that those audiences have one-track minds and only like one type of thing. I don't think it works like that. Yeah. I think some people believe it works like that. Bands and audience members are like, oh, I, I can't listen to that. My friends know I listen to this. Then maybe oh, I'll, yeah. you know, or if my friends know I listen to that. Whatever. I, I don't know. But for bands helping bands, I think Chris hit it right on the, the head. If you stick around and you watch the band, you don't have to buy their merch. You don't have to post about them on the social medias or anything. You don't have to do any of that. That band will remember who was out in the audience, especially yep. if you were another band. That is 100%. Because usually the bands that come later are the ones out in the audience. But then the bands that played first never reciprocate and stay. Maybe yeah. one guy does because he likes to drink a little bit or whatever. Or he's <laughs> wait, he's the guy that was designated, I got to wait for us to get paid. And the rest of the band disappears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. or, or they hang way back in the bar. Again, I realize they're still there, but now they're not giving proper attention to the guys that gave them attention, that sat there and supported them. <laughs> hey, yeah, all right, great. I've been on bills where the opening acts, you know, will mention the other bands that are coming as part of the shtick to make them look good and cool and like, oh, yeah, you know. We're so and then they're nowhere to be found. They disappear, yeah. and you see them... Right at the very end of the night, like, you know, like they came out of the woodwork or they slept in their car or they went to go get some meal or, you know, whatever. I mean, listen, not everybody's going to be 100% on board, but I think it does help the scene and it creates that camaraderie that we are all relatively doing the same thing and there could be some benefit. Listen, I remember I did a gig and it was a younger touring band. We were supporting them. Okay. Hey, yeah, cool. And I don't care who's, you know, I'll support it. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it doesn't I get matter. The, yeah. I get the opportunity to play. We do the best yeah. set we possibly yeah. can. You know what I mean? They weren't even there watching us. They found out that we had been overseas and played some other places here in the States. And they wanted us to give them a contact. Now, I don't usually handle that. Our right. bass, James, usually takes care of that. And he was like, well, you know, well, we can talk, you know. And the guy was like, well, I can give you a contact to... And it was a place that we had already, and it was like, I don't, like, what are you talking, like, and he said that, he says, well, we already, you know, played there, we can get in, and, and the guy was kind of, like, agitated that we weren't just coughing it up, but it's like, he didn't demonstrate that yeah. he was even interested in what we were doing, it was just right. some weird thing, and again, I know what I was, I said earlier, that, hey, somebody asked you to help, yeah, and you offer the help. But this was a slightly different situation. It's kind of like, there's a story that goes around about Henry Ford. 
And I'm not exactly sure if it's 100% true because Henry Ford, it, depending on what you read, he could have been an SOB, but he could have also been, you know, an enlightened type guy. He took two people out for a job interview. He, he spent hours with them. They ordered meals and stuff like that, but didn't ask either of them about their job credibility. Just talked life with them and all. So at the end of the thing, he said, well, I choose you, this one person. The other person says, why didn't you choose me? And he said, the meal came out, and the first thing you did was throw salt on it without even tasting it. He says, so it demonstrated to me that you weren't willing to go the extra mile to find out what was really involved in the situation. Wow. I said to myself, I said, well, I wouldn't have gotten that job either. <laughs> not 100% true, but anyway, but that's the point. Like, if you're not willing to do the next step, why would you, exp- just because you are, doesn't mean you should. Well, and I think that also falls under what we were saying earlier. Like, you don't just, like, you have to, dem- like, if I'm going to put my reference behind somebody, I'm going to make sure that person is... I know what kind of character they are. I know what kind of band they are. I know they're not going to cause anybody any grief, right? Like, you know, and I have given contacts out to bands, but again, I do it because, perfect example, right? Like I said to you the other night during dinner, we got offered a show. We couldn't do it. I send it to you because I know that if I send that show to you, I am not going to ever have to worry about what that's going to look like. I know by sending stuff to you and you doing it, and I've said this even in interviews about the, you know, about um, this podcast. If your name is attached to it, I know that it's going to be legit and I know it's going to be done right. So I'm not giving any contacts. I'm not putting my name behind anybody unless I am 100% sure that those people or persons or whatever, band, artist, whatever, is going to be good for, you know, it's not going to ruin any reputation, any relationship that I have with that said person especially promoters that I'm super friendly with that I know that are super nice guys. I'm not going to send them a band that's going to be a huge problem. And I know who the problem bands are. But if I know that, you know, I I know that if I send them said band that, uh, you know, it's going to be for the best, then that's the only way I'm going to do it. So by not giving that band you were talking about the information about overseas, you know, I don't necessarily know if I would have done the same thing because they did not, like you said, they did not express anything that would make me go, Oh yeah, these guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like these, I'm definitely putting my name behind these guys. Yeah, listen, I, there was bands that I had worked with on a number of shows. We were putting together many little tours, like four or five dates in a row, and then we'd have off a little bit, and then we'd do it again. And we were doing different states and stuff like that. We were just putting this small package together. There was actually three bands, including our band. Anyway, something happened. Like, all of a sudden, this the one band got, like, this over-sense of importance or whatever, and they were being rude to the booking person. And then they posted stuff on social media while they were at the show. And someone alerted the booking person. And, and I even went back and I said, what are you guys doing? I go, it doesn't make... You're here. Like, just... I don't... You know, and that was it. I was just... I was done because it came back on me because I was the yeah. one that contacted and said hey listen we have this is the list of bands this is what we're working with they're good guys they put on a good show but that wasn't enough maybe they weren't then good I mean unfortunately I don't know what spawned that because we had right. already been working with them but you know what happens after a while you start believing some of your own hype 
100%. And, 100%. And I think as musicians, as artists, all of us mm-hmm. were guilty of that to some point, whether in our younger years or something, you know. Social media nowadays has that over-importance. Yep. Oh, my God, we're Facebook famous. You know what yep. I mean? It's not even 15 minutes of fame. You just get your minute and a half of fame if you can, right? Because that's about the length of the TikTok videos tops now, right? You yeah. Got a minute, yeah. Right? Some, yep. I mean, you start believing that, and then you realize it's like, well, you know, that's not the case. It's not the case. We have to continue upholding certain standards. I think bands supporting bands is a fabulous idea. And I think it's crucial to the scene because it's so cutthroat. Like I said, one band drops, there's always another band to, yep. to you know, if you have to, and this is, I know we're going to talk about it later in the season about canceling shows and stuff, but like Chris was saying, if you have to pull out of a show where there's a problem, the best thing to do both for yourself and for the scene and for everybody that's involved is when you say, listen, I, something came up, there's a huge problem possibly offer another band that may be able to fill in see i'm not 100 yeah. percent sure but you could try so and so or you know or i listen i did speak to whatever they could come in now that's up to that booking company or that venue or or that other band to say okay that's a good replacement yeah. or they may have somebody yep. in their own pool as well yeah a lot of especially early on in the new years a lot of booking companies will put out hey we're looking for bands to add to our roster and what that is is they want to have a pool of bands yep. legitimate bands that they can depend on that if certain acts come through or don't come through you know they have some backup or they have people to fill in bills hey listen that's another great way to be part of yeah you know because yep. now you're in the pocket with other bands that get familiar with you and if you're right. showing your ability people will be more up like chris is saying to recommend you because you just don't want right. to throw hey yeah I, I don't know i heard this band is around but you don't know anything about them and right. because right. there are so many bands nowadays <laughs> it, it is often hard to find someone who may have heard them do you know what i mean and it's hard to tell on facebook anymore because it's hard to get likes so a band that has maybe two three hundred yeah. likes may be a great band they may be solid both in their performance <laughs> their ability and the type of people they are but then somebody will go well they only have 200 likes well, listen, if 200 people packed a local club, that's an amazing night. Yeah. 50 people. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And again, we're all anvil, so we're all trying to get a piece of the pie. <laughs> I think, too, like that also shows you when you're in a band and, and you're in that roster of bands for venues and or promoters. Like that says something about you, too. Like, because if you go, well, you know, I like this promoter. Because there are, there are a few promoters that I'm super friendly with, and I know that if he is into that band, then I know that band is going to be, you know, a, a strong band and help support, right? So, you know, if you're in a roster of bands by a promoter and or club, like, that's a great place to be because that means you've done something right. Right. You know, that means that that person is cool with working with you, and that just helps you in the long run. Absolutely. And this goes back to our very first show. It's about how you conduct yourself is how you conduct your business. And it's how people will respond to you or how they'll look at you, right? It's it's that outer package that you're putting together by creating a solid inner package. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Right? Yep. And then it comes back down to the other points that we talked about. Like, you got to be able to communicate. You have to be able to communicate. 
I literally had a band that was on a bill that had an email address. Everybody was part of the email address. And I knew they were getting the emails because there was some response. But then at the night of the show, the guy goes, well, I don't check my email. Well, that's bull right there. You know what I mean? If you have an email address for your business, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you check it? Why wouldn't you check it? It doesn't make sense. So you're not helping the situation. That's bands helping bands. Stay on top of stuff. Oh, I didn't know there was a slight time change. Well, you would if you read the email. The venue was even on the email. Yeah. Then there's this attitude and everyone's grumbling and there's this, you know, language and it's like, come on, what are you talking about? Another way bands can help bands. Lessen the equipment that you got on stage. Get on and off. Yeah. Take advantage of that back off. line like we said yep. earlier. You got yep. guys that will take forever to set up, forever to stop chatting. Yeah. Get off the stage. You'll have plenty of time to chat and get accolades and sign autographs and kiss babies yeah. and, yep. and flag down banners, whatever you want. But just get off the stage for the next band because they need that time. Yeah. Yep. Right? The 10-minute changeover isn't 10 minutes of yours. Right. Okay? It's right. it's right. usually, technically, if you break it down, it's a 70-30 split. You give 70 to the next band, and you're only supposed to take 30 because you just got your 70. Or if you're right. the first band, you got 100%. Some yeah. there's some shows I love being the first band because you get to go yep. in, you get to set up, you get a full set sound up. check, and then I get yep. to relax. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't listen. Don't mind opening shows. I've done plenty of them. Some of my greatest shows have been shows that I've opened. Dead opened. opener. Yeah, we were put on the the Butcher Baby show. We were dead opener. They said, "Well, you guys don't really fit." I go, I go. I'm telling you, we're gonna do. We'll do all right for you guys. Right? I says, don't worry about it. I says, you know, and I even go, we got a little heavier set. We'll throw it out there. It was one of the greatest shows. If, right. if I had to put a top 10, that would be one of the ones in the top 10. And we were dead opener. Right. It, it just was awesome. It was just, you know, it's, you know. Anyway, what do I know? What do you got? You got anything else you want to add? I'm not no, even sure we no. hit all the topics, but like we got on such a thing. I think bands helping bands is more of an internal thing. Yeah, I get, yeah, yeah. Listen, you and I have been doing it for years. We constantly help it. And we yeah. don't go around. We don't have to wear it on a T-shirt. No. Right? No. You know, no. it's just like, hey, you need something. And sometimes just band helping bands could be just some advice, like a sounding board. Because like Chris yeah. said earlier, there's a lot yeah. of times we go around going, oh, my God, I'm doing this wrong. I don't understand. And then you talk to somebody else and go, nah, that's kind of normal. Listen, you listen to this podcast, you'll, you'll hear of all the crap we've done wrong. I got plenty of it. <laughs> plenty of it. You know what I mean? And it still yep. happens. As the, as the it still happens, yeah. yeah. Even with the best intentions. Apparently, that's the road to hell. It's been paved with the best intentions. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you got, man? You want to add anything else? No, man, no. I pretty much said what I wanted to say. All right. If you like that, check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the cosmic verse and fill that void. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. 
Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.